welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that practiced pronouncing Red River Ri- Red River Rivalry. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's making us record late tonight. Sorry, guys. Didn't mean to. Had to do it. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who is now my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Trey Newman. He was already the favorite anyways. That's a good point. But Ryan, I will try not to be, I'll try not to be too mean to you this episode, but it is late and it is your fault, so no promises. And you are in a cranky mood. I'm f- always in a cranky mood. <laughs> uh, let's start with a five-star review. So Ryan... Why don't you uh, read that, you punk <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. It is from uh, Gator Javier. Phenomenal job by the bros. I'm a lifelong college football fan and can say these guys hit all the highlights that real serious fans want to hear. They are also very funny and do a great job of moving things along. Kudos, bros. You have a listener for as long as you keep the pod. Thank you, Javier. Yeah, thanks, Javier. Ryan, I felt like you didn't do it justice. That was a really bad reading, but <laughs> okay. you know what? We're okay. just going to have to move on, okay? We're just going to have to move on. This is going to be a great pod. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Week six recap. We'll start with a great game, a real shootout here. Michigan won <laughs> 10-3 to against Iowa. Trey, what happened in this one? And is there any hope for Michigan's offense this year? Yeah, no, nothing happened. Yeah, like you said, yeah. Mich- Michigan's defense, though, they, they played outstanding. They they forced Nate Stanley to throw p- three picks. Iowa only had one rushing yard because they were sacking Nathan Stanley left and right. They had eight sacks. Uh, but unfortunately, their offense was pretty much the office, opposite. I, I know Iowa has a good defense, but Shea Patterson continues to just do very little. The running game was limited. They've just completely regressed on offense so I'm, I'm not seeing a ton of light at the uh the end of the tunnel there which which isn't great but um i'm not i'm not completely losing hope in in michigan's offense but it's it's dwindling fast yeah i, I think i'm pretty much lo- have lost hope there it's been what five games now for them and there just hasn't been any other than the rutgers game which is doesn't count it, <laughs> it's just been anemic it's been rough to watch um and it just it's hard to imagine them showing any signs of like big time improvement and they're tied for 80th right now in in yards per play that's just brutal and obviously you can thank Rutgers for a lot of that um they might they're better off just doing what they did last year I mean they were were doing great at the end of last year I'm not sure what what happened well that's the thing is yeah the offense was good last year for the most in most games they were they were very good very solid and Shea Patterson was good you know but this year uh, he's getting most of the blame this year and he hasn't been good he's been holding on to the ball too long but i just feel like josh gaddis has to get a lot of the blame because he's obviously a first year play caller and this is his first offense that is his own and it's not going well despite what we thought was a talented roster you know we it's the thought, same guys yeah for the most part it is so i don't know we'll see if he doesn't improve though by the end of the year then you got to pull the plug after year one yeah he, he's got to go all right, let's move on to Florida beating Auburn 24 to 13 to remain undefeated. What'd you see here, Ryan? Um, an ugly game. Uh, both teams had four turnovers. 
This is actually the second time Florida has had four turnovers in a game. And of course, they, they won the, the previous time against Miami. So it was kind of rare winning two, two four turnover games. But man, as soon as you think Bo Nix turned a corner, uh, he just goes and lays a total egg here. This was uh, not a good game. Less than 50% completion percentage, three picks. Uh, Florida, though, they had a, they really they didn't have a ton of offense, but they just had a couple of big plays. They had a 64-yard pass early on from Trask to Freddie Swain. And then, of course, the, the one that kind of sealed the deal, the Michael Pirine's uh, 88-yard run. So uh, Florida just finds ways to win. It hasn't been necessarily pretty this year. You got a backup quarterback. Defense has obviously been great. But Dan Mullen is just Dan Mullen, man. He's good. <laughs> you got you to gotta appreciate him. Yeah, he's been he's been getting a lot out of Trask, and of course Trask looked like he was out for the year with that yeah. Yeah, that knee injury. It looked bad, and he was he seemed to think he was out for the year, but ended up coming back and doing pretty well. Um, and yeah, this game was super ugly, especially that first half. I thought Auburn was very lucky to still be in the game at yeah. halftime. That they only had two first downs in the first half. But Florida kind of just kept fumbling and they ran that weird fake punt that just had no chance. And I mean, Derek Brown played a part in that. He was a monster defensively on the D-line for for Auburn. But second half, Auburn still had some chances to win late in the game, despite yeah, they did, yeah. not doing much offensively. The big one was, of course, at the end of the third quarter, Seth Williams wide open, should have been a touchdown pass, but Bo Nix just kind of threw it off so Williams had to fall down to catch it and Nix ended up throwing a, a pick in the red zone after that so yeah I mean long story short I think Auburn is what we thought they were I think I've said this before a great defensive team but just limited offensively yep yeah we got but you do have to give credit to Florida's defense they're they're awesome but they made Bo Nix really look like a freshman and the other thing is when you're on the road obviously you guys mentioned the the four turnovers but they were also two of 14 on third down you're just not going to win a big game doing that um so you know great win for the gators they still have some really tough games ahead which we'll we'll get to but they're this week i gotta i gotta admit they're they're better right now than i thought they'd be yeah and it helped getting cj henderson back at corner jabari zuniga came back on the d-line so yeah their defense was was great two huge pieces but man how how happy are florida fans though that uh good old chip kelly didn't end up (laughs) taking that job that is actually i hadn't thought about that that's a great point they dodged (laughs) a bullet there yeah which by the way speaking of of dan mullen um him calling that marlon davidson hit oh my gosh yeah that was ridiculous but yeah come on man anyway uh cal at oregon oregon won 17 to 7 and cal cal's offense with devon modster just couldn't get anything going and of course they missed two field goals that didn't help things but you know i know cal has has one of the the best defenses in the country but still i'm just continued to be disappointed in oregon's offense it it feels like they're going to end up wasting justin herbert and really more wasting a really good defense maybe i'm going too far here i mean they only have one loss they could still contend for the playoff if they went out but i don't know i mean the defense right now is first in sp plus which Okay, they're probably not the best defense in the country. The point is they're really good. So if that offense, with all the talent they have on the O-line, of course, with Justin Herbert, future first-round pick, they should be really good. And they aren't right now. They're 52nd in SP+. So I'm thinking they're going to end up going 9-3, and 10-2. We'll see, but... Ooh, 9-3. Oh. Well, I don't know. I haven't gone game by game, but they just don't well, seem like... Well, who in the like... Pac-12 is 
I mean, they they have to play at Washington. That's not impossible. No, yeah. I mean, but but no, I I I completely agree with you, Michael. I I was expecting this game to be a little bit easier for for Oregon. I mean, I just I didn't really see it coming because I knew that they would control their defense would control Cal's offense. So, I mean, it it is pretty amazing how good their defense is even without Jim Levitt. Um, but you know, the meat of their Pac-12 schedule is coming up. I know the Pac-12 isn't all that daunting, but if they really want to be taken serious, that offense is going to have to take the next step. So it's it's a bit of a concern right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. That it's If they want to have a chance, a realistic chance at the playoff, they'll probably need to not only win out, but like win in style and look really right. good doing it. But I, I'm not too worried about them otherwise. They're, I mean, it's they put up over 400 yards against Cal. They did have three turnovers. Travis Dye had two fumbles for his running back and then kind of a rare interception from Herbert also hurt them or else they they would have blown Cal out. Um, but they don't need a, an amazing offense to to have a really, really good season with that great defense. Just 3.7 yards per play given up. I mean, they're top, top of the line, which is kind of new to Eugene, I guess. They've been good, but never this good. So it's, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of encouraged by just by how good their D is. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, okay, moving on to Washington at Stanford. Trey, break down this game for us. And my question for you guys is, do you think Chris Peterson has has hit a ceiling at Washington? Oh, okay. Well, well, first off, the game. You know, Stanford surprised UW. They won 23-13. to Cameron Scarlett ran for 151 yards and a score. Davis Mills, who, who played for KJ Costello, he was efficient, had almost nearly 300 yards. I mean, this really surprised me that the Huskies youth on defense kind of showed as they gave up a few big plays that they're a really hard team to predict this year. You know, one week they're, they're dominant and another, they have a head scratcher like this weekend. And, and what the other thing mm-hmm. I was, I kind of watched the spread all week. The The spread went up. It was, it was high. And then on Saturday, it kept going in favor of Stanford, which really surprised me even with the backup quarterback and it, it ended up, it ended up being right. But, uh, but as far as Washington, their program, and and Peterson, I don't think he's quite hit a ceiling because uh, they are so inexperienced on defense. And but I guess if there was a concern, it's that the offense has really never it needs to improve. It's never it's always kind of been their downfall in, in Seattle. Yeah, they had that one sophomore year with uh, of um, Browning that was great. Yeah. But, oh, Ryan. Okay, you're smirking right now. Just go ahead. <laughs> they had John Ross. So. Oh, right. true, true. <laughs> John Ross, like the way Ryan talks, you'd have thought John Ross won like two Heisman's. He was <laughs> quite the player. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's hit a ceiling though, Chris Peterson. They just they have so many new faces on that defense. It's hard to be super consistent. And I'm I'm just gonna go based off of recruiting here. They get better and better every year. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, their recruiting class was 29th, then 22nd, then 16th then 15th last year. Now they're sitting at 12th. I mean, it literally gets better every year. So give those recruiting classes a couple of years to be able to kind of, you know, learn the system and get to be juniors and seniors. And they're going to start killing it, man. No, I, I completely agree with you. I, I, even though I asked the question, you might think I, I think he's hit a ceiling, but I don't. Yeah. Same, same answer as you, Ryan, that recruiting, right? Cause their, their team talent right now, according to 27 sports, uh, 24-7 sports is 19th, 19th most talented team in the country. But a lot of that's coming from that freshman and sophomore class. So yeah, yeah. I, I think they'll be just fine. And they might be just fine this year. Like I know they've dug a one and two hole in conference, which is not good, but 
it's not out of the question that they end up winning the North. Right, exactly. No, yeah, they just have, they can do it. But they it, it's okay to have a somewhat down year, mm-hmm. considering how much they lost. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get to the rapid recaps. Go ahead, Ryan. Alrighty, first one here. I got a UCF at Cincinnati. Cincy pulled out a close one here, 27-24. This one was really all about turnovers. Uh, the Bearcats were plus three uh, in that quarter category. Uh, UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel really kind of finally looked like a freshman uh, in this game. And this win for Cincinnati, it stops uh, UCF's 19-game conference winning streak. So just a huge win for Cincinnati in that program. And right now their only loss is Ohio State. So they're looking pretty darn good. Yep. Uh, next one was uh, Georgia at Tennessee. The Vols, man, they gave it their best shot to start the game. They they hung in there for a little while. It was 14-13. They were winning late in the second quarter, but Georgia scored two touchdowns late in the, the first half there um, to, to kind of take control of the game before halftime and ended up winning 43-14. to Yeah, Brandon Maurer, we thought first half, we thought he was going to be a, a four-time Heisman winner. but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We'll Came see. out blazing. You see his uh, tweet after, like, kind of thanking the Vol fans and stuff. No, I didn't see it. It was good. It was it was classy. Good move. All right. Uh, all right. Michigan State at Ohio State. Buckeyes, their offense finally looked human for a brief moment. The first quarter, they had, what, like 15 yards or 14 yards at the end of that quarter, but they woke up after that and ended the game with 529 total yards and over 300 yards rushing against Michigan State. That is, that is saying something, man. Yep. So they won 34 to 10. I don't think anybody's surprised that Ohio State's 6-0, and but I think even their own fans didn't expect them to look this good so far. No. All right, Texas at West Virginia. Uh, Texas got the win 42-31. Uh, the defense came up big for them. They got four turnovers. Um, they they kind of needed it. The offense didn't exactly fire on all cylinders. They weren't bad, but the defense made some big plays. Uh, maybe they're looking forward till to next week. Red River rivalry. And they had a they had a good Peisman moment too. Oh, speaking of Peisman moments, if Derek Brown would have taken that fumble back, uh, that would have been the Peisman. He that, he just tripped true. over himself. Or have but. you guys have you seen that viral clip now of the lineman throwing the touchdown pass? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. A, I mean, big like guy. he it literally looks like it's in the air for forever. It's an amazing <laughs> pass. Yeah. But anyway, Samuel Cosme was the guy you were talking about, Trey, for Texas, the left tackle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great catch and run for a score. All right, last game here. I got Penn State uh, at Purdue. Nittany Lions dominated that Purdue offense, who's kind of the the walking wounded right now. They're missing most of their top guys. They barely got to 100 total yards. Uh, Nobody's really talking about Penn State all that much yet, mainly just because they haven't had a big matchup. Uh, But they're looking pretty darn good, and they got a a good matchup this week. Uh, They got a good one in, in, in Iowa City. Okay, my first game is Oklahoma State losing 45-35 at Texas Tech. Spencer Sanders was terrible. He was sacked seven times, lost two fumbles, threw three picks, and really his last two games haven't been good. So we'll see. Yeah, it's alarming. It is. It's yeah. It's definitely concerning. Texas Tech. I know. I know. I did not see that one coming. So we'll see if he can turn it around. But nice win for Matt Wells and and Texas Tech with uh, with Jet Duffy having a big game. Yeah, great name. Yes. Uh, Louisville hit a late field goal to win 41-39 against Boston College. It's their first ACC win since 2017. Great game from from both of their quarterbacks who split reps, Malik Cunningham and the, the freshman Evan Conley. Huge game on the ground from the freshman Javian Hawkins at running back. He is 
electric. And unfortunately, Boston College not only lost the game, but Anthony Brown, their quarterback, went down with a knee injury. Haven't seen an update on it, but it did not look good. So, a couple of bad losses for them so far. Yeah. Iowa State dominated TCU 49-24. Brock Purdy was incredible. 19 of 24, 247 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Also had 12 carries for 102 yards and two touchdowns. So nice win for Iowa State. Tulsa at SMU. This one was crazy. So oh. Tulsa was up 30 to 9 going into the fourth quarter. Of course, one of those, their touchdowns came on that uh, kickoff. Which yeah, that was weird. SMU opted not to field. And so Tulsa. It was kind of a weird situation. If you're that guy, like, do you no, get I, it? Because you get his line of thinking. No, I totally get it. He was the ball yeah. bounced. And so he was like, "Ooh, I don't want to pick it up at the five and just get tackled here. So let me wait for it to get in the end zone and maybe I'll get a touchback. But it didn't work out that way. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, but anyway, so SMU, they ended up tying it at 30 and went to overtime. They won in triple overtime on a, a walk-off touchdown catch from James Prochet. An awesome catch that it was. Yeah, they had to review and, and rule it a touchdown. Uh, so they stay undefeated. And then my last game, Arizona at Colorado. Another crazy game. Nine lead changes. And Arizona won 35-30 against a, kind of a banged-up Colorado team. 404 yards passing from Khalil Tate. And Arizona, quietly, after losing Week 0 to Hawaii, is now 4-1. and one. Very surprising after Week 0. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start out with a surprise here. Virginia Tech at Miami. Just when you bury the Hokies... They go win in Miami as double-digit underdogs. Hendon Hooker had his first start for the Hokies, and he led them to a 28-0 lead before Miami stormed back. They tied it at 35 with three minutes left, but then the Hokies ended up driving and, and getting the winning score with a minute left. Nikosi Perry had 422 yards and four TDs for the Canes. Uh, he came in in relief of Jaron Williams, who... Uh, had three interceptions early on, but overall Miami had five turnovers, so that did them in. Next one, Baylor at Kansas State. Baylor dominated 31-12, to and K-State has really sputtered since their win in Starkville uh, a few weeks back. But Baylor improves to 5-0. and Ryan's happy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt Rule continues to show his ability to, to turn around programs. Charlie Brewer noted uh, or he left the game injured and apparently a little dizzy but he was standing on his own uh, on the sideline for the end of the game and he's actually listed as probable for for this upcoming week illinois at minnesota minnesota stayed unbeaten they dominated the illini 40 to 17 rodney smith had 211 yards on the ground on only 24 carries the note here though is that illinois lost brandon peters in the first half after he hit the the turf hard uh, he's he's actually questionable this upcoming week, but the Gopher defense was really really great. They were able to slow down Reggie Cormid, Corbin and only held him to 68 yards. Now they get Nebraska at home next week. Speaking of Nebraska, they played Northwestern, and you know what else would you expect between Nebraska and Northwestern? Since the Huskers joined the Big Ten, they've played nine times. Nebraska's won five, but seven of the nine have been decided by one score. It's uh, it's a crazy competitive series, but Nebraska went up ten nothing. Northwestern tied it at ten late in the third. Uh, Nebraska ended up kicking a walk off twenty five yard field goal, but uh, the Huskers had to play the fourth quarter without Adrian Martinez because backup or because he got injured and Noah Vedral had to come in and and he actually did did pretty well leading them to the finals score. 
Finally, Pitt at Duke. This was a crazy game. Pitt ended up winning 33 to 30, but they were up 26 to 3 in the third quarter before Duke rallied. Quentin Harris threw a touchdown pass with a minute and a half to go to take the lead, and it was actually going to be the largest second half comeback in program history. But Kenny Pickett had other ideas. He led a great drive to score and and pull out the win for Pitt in the final minute. Duke probably would have won, but they turned it over six times. Ouch. Now, there was uh, one last little thing, little tidbit. On Thursday night, Georgia Southern played South Alabama. South Alabama, they, they lost in double overtime. Had they made a field goal in, in one of those overtimes, they would have been the first team in over 20 years to win a game with only four first downs. Ooh, whoa. Wow. Pretty crazy. I was, you know, it's Thursday. I had nothing to do. I was watching that game. All right. That's that's a great stat. That's why you're on the College Football Bros podcast. Actually, it's just more because he's related, Ryan. <laughs> we were going to do it and we're like, might as well invite Trey. Okay. Thanks. Enough. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get to some segments. And our first one is uh, some injury news. So a few injuries that we haven't gotten to yet. Ryan, go ahead. Okay, yeah. The first one here is uh, Kelly Bryant. Faster, Ryan. Hurry up. Faster. Okay. Oh, wow. Man, Kelly Bryant. He left the game against Troy before halftime. Got hit really hard in the knee, but he's actually okay. <laughs> so should be good to go. Next. Next one. Next one. All right. Zach Wilson. Big blow for BYU. He will be out at least six weeks after having surgery on his thumb. Throwing hand. That's really too bad. Unfortunately, played in five games. Can't redshirt. Too bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the people that live, listen to this on one and a half are going to really struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trey. Go ahead. You can take your time, Trey. I don't even think I can speak that fast, but uh, okay. Brandon Peters, like I mentioned earlier uh, for Illinois, he left the game, hit the turf hard. Uh, like I mentioned, as of this point, he's questionable for the game against Michigan, which is of note because he was an ex-Michigan quarterback. And then the other the other one I'm going to talk about is Josh Jackson, the quarterback for Maryland. He suffered a really gruesome looking ankle injury, but luckily it actually sounds like it was only a high ankle sprain, but you know he, he could miss some time. But the video is, it's gross. All right, I will not watch that. Um, Sawyer Smith for Kentucky is, has been banged up, but he's supposed to play against Arkansas this weekend. And But we should also expect Lynn Bowden to get more direct snaps, which really is more fun, I think, if you're a Kentucky fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. And then uh, my other piece of news, not an injury, but Rutgers quarterback Art Sitkowski and their running back slash receiver out of the backfield, Raheem Blackshear, both asked to sit out last game to preserve their red shirt. And so you would think that they probably transfer, but we'll have to wait and see. No, no. Well, yeah, we'll see how sought after art is on the, the transfer yeah. market. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, okay, next segment. It's called When Will They Lose? So there are 16 teams that are still undefeated. We'll go in order of the lowest ranked in the polls to the highest and just say when they will lose it's that easy go ahead ryan or no trey sorry yeah trey yeah trey you go first yeah your favorite bro i'm gonna go with appalachian state here and they play louisiana this wednesday so i think that's the spot they're gonna lose but if you're listening to this after wednesday and they win then i would never have been stupid enough to say that okay so then if they if they don't then it'd be south carolina in a few weeks of course of course no they're gonna beat south carolina they could uh, okay, mine is Minnesota, and I'm not. I don't think they're going to lose until week 11 when they they play Penn State. Whoa! So that means they'll beat Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland uh, to get to eight and zero before before their first loss. Schedule set up really nice for them. 
Yeah, that would be that would be crazy. That would be one of the weakest. Would you say eight? No. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. No. We'll be one of the weakest eight. No teams in quite a while. Yep. I mean, they're they're solid, but they're yeah, you know. they're not eight. No good. No. Um, okay. Memphis is my team here. So the second half of their schedule is a lot harder. So I definitely don't see them going undefeated. And their next two weeks, I see them losing in, in one of these games at Temple this weekend. They're only favored four or against Tulane, who will likely be five and one then. So I'll, I'll say Tulane in a couple weeks. Okay. I've got Ryan's Baylor squad next. Um, I, I think they'll beat Texas Tech this weekend. But then next week, they have to go to Stillwater and play Oklahoma State. I think that's where they're going to surrender their first loss. I think Spencer Sanders will re- regroup and, and, and beat Baylor. No. <laughs> um, all right. SMU, I have. Uh, I, I actually have them losing their, their next game, which isn't this week. Uh, they got a bye. Uh, they play Temple uh, in week nine. Uh, Temple's got a good defense. I think they'll slow the game down and uh, be able to take advantage of uh, Shane Bachel a couple picks. Oh, he would Sorry. never. He would never. Sorry, Mike. Um, Wake Forest. So this is tough because outside of Clemson, Wake Forest can win any game on their schedule, but they can also lose any of them because <laughs> yeah. they're five and zero right now. But you change three plays, and they could easily be two and three. Um, but I'm going to say they lose in two weeks at home to Florida State. I just I like the way Florida State's been been playing lately. Yeah, they're getting better. Yeah, they're not they're not bad. I agree. I got the guys on the Smurf turf, Boise State. I might have said they'd lose to BYU if Zach Wilson wasn't hurt, but I think they're going to stay unscathed in their their tough games coming up against Hawaii this weekend and then Wyoming in a few weeks. But I am going to say they'll lose at Utah State on November 23rd. That's wow. going to be a tough one. Okay. Um, all right. My next team here, I have uh, I got Penn State. Um, I'm going to say they go they go down this week. They're going to lose in Iowa City. I think Iowa gets them. Uh, primetime game. On ABC, it's going to be a great atmosphere. So I think the Hawkeyes pull out a close one. Okay. Wisconsin is next, another Big Ten team. And this one was, the, I think, the easiest one on the list because uh, they've got Michigan State this weekend, their favorite 10, then they've got at Illinois, and then they've got October 26th at Ohio State. That's That's got to be the game. Yep. Yeah. Well, you said easy. I think mine's a little easier here. I got Florida. It's it's this week at LSU. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough to go into Tiger Stadium at night, especially after that that tough game against Auburn. And that, I'll I'll say this week LSU. Yeah. All right, yeah, you're right, Trey. That was easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, my next team is uh, is Oklahoma, and I know they're looking pretty dominant right now, but I I don't think they're untouchable uh, by some teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, I do think they're going to drop one that you don't expect. I'm looking at week 12 uh, in McLean Stadium in Gosh, Waco, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> the Baylor Bears, much improved defense. Charlie Brewer is underrated nationally. This is where OU stubs their toe. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking, but the fact that you're saying it is just, uh <laughs> You can't just, you know, you got to go with what you're predicting. Okay. LSU is next. And I think they're going to be eight zero going into Tuscaloosa on November 9th. and that's sweet. If they are, I kind of hope they are, because that game, the build up for that game will be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, wow. And it'll be a lot more. I feel like a lot more exciting than previous Alabama LSU games because it's going to be a shootout. LSU's now got the offense to I know keep up. So um, yeah, they first they got to won't be a nine six game. No, no. first they got to beat Florida at Mississippi State and Auburn. So. That's, that's three tough. yeah no it's it they could definitely lose one of those but i'll say they win them all 
All right. Next, we're, it's getting a little tougher. I got Georgia. Uh, they got a tough stretch coming up. They're, well, first of all, they're going to beat South Carolina and Kentucky the next couple of weeks, but then they play Florida. I think I think they'll beat Florida. They got Mizzou at home. That's that's tough, but I think they'll win. But I'm going to say they lose at Auburn uh, in mid-November. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix, he's going to be a little bit better. He's going to be at home. And Auburn's defense, we know, is is legit. And I guess Mizzou, they do catch him at a great time because it's sandwiched in between those two games. But I just think that's too tough an ass. So I'm going to say Auburn will beat Georgia. Okay, Michael, didn't you predict that like early in the preview episodes? Yeah, I think I think that's one of my bets. I think I took Auburn probably plus some points in that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In our betting preview, it's a good spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I got Ohio State here. Uh, Honestly, I I don't think they're going to lose. Uh at this point they look yeah, like the best team in the country, so I think they're going to go 15 and 0. Okay, wow. Okay, oh, you yeah. think they're like winning it all. Yeah, I think they're going to win it all. If I had to pick one team right now, they would be the team I'd pick. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me, but I mean, it it's hard to argue against that right now. They have probably looked the best. Um okay, Clemson now. And, you know, if North Carolina can almost beat them, then yeah, there's at least a few teams left on the schedule that could do the same, but I, I don't see it. I think that was their kind of one scare this year. So I'll, I'll say they run the table, but then lose in the first round of the playoff to Ohio State. There you go. Yeah. I just, I said in last week's episode, I think kind of off the cuff that, that I still had Clemson number two, like as my second best team going forward. I thought about that more. I don't think so. I think I have Ohio State ahead of them right now. Yeah, I do. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. Uh, I'll close it up here with Alabama. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose in the regular season. They're big faves this weekend against A&M. Their toughest game is is LSU, which we talked about. But the, last week in the updated uh, games of the year lines uh, had Bama favored 12, which wow. seems pretty high, but it's it's uh it's crazy they also have to play at auburn but i just i don't think auburn could really keep up with with tua but uh if they did lose i think it'd be to lsu but i just i don't see it uh i don't see it happening what about the playoff do you do you have them winning at all see i didn't i didn't go that far well you got to man i i think i think they're gonna well if they i think they're gonna be a one or a two seed so i don't if they do it'll be in the national title it will not be in the playoffs so if i'm gonna say Boy, you're putting me on the spot. Are they going to win the national title or not? I know, I am. Yeah. So, yeah, do you think you like them or do you like Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU? Well, if I had to say they're going to win the national title, (laughs) 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 I'm going to, I'll say no. I'll take the field against Bama. Okay. Uh, Cool. Well, I think that was fun. I don't know. Maybe the listeners were bored, but I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to week seven. Let's make our picks for. The upcoming week, which is a there's a lot of good games. I mean, some of them have some big spreads, but you know there's going to be an upset in in one of these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got OU against Texas. OU's favorite eleven. The Red River rivalry. We have said it twice perfectly now. Nice. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? Uh great QB matchup here. Hertz and Ellinger. I think you'd have to give the the nod to to Hertz at this point just based off of his incredible numbers and the supporting cast that he has well and he's played in the iron bowl so yeah this true be- so he ain't scared <laughs> scared excuse me <laughs> so I, I understood <laughs> I, I got what you were saying <laughs> okay uh well anyways I'm, I'm a little worried about texas being able to, to come up with enough stops to, to stay in this one their 80th 
in yards per play given up, not exactly lighting it up. And OU is still, once again, a distant first place in yards per play offense. So Ellinger is going to have to play lights out, and the defense is going to have to force a couple of lucky turnovers maybe. Um, so, But even though like everything seems to be telling me to take OU, I'm not. I'm going with Texas because it's a rivalry game. So who kind of knows? And OU was favored seven and a half last year and ended up losing. And then the Tom Herman factor, man. He's an underdog. He's good. Yeah, I don't I don't see Texas winning this one, but I am gonna pick them to to cover as well. You know, Texas, they did give up just a just recently to West Virginia. They gave up a ton of yards, but but they actually pretty much the, the final score didn't really tell you they really kind of dominated uh that one so I think they're going to score a bunch on OU like Oklahoma's defense is improved but they haven't really played anyone like Texas yet so I think Texas will get their points and do enough to cover I'm going to take Oklahoma I, I think I just don't have any confidence in that Texas defense right now especially with kind of a banged up secondary um, I guess a lot depends on if they can get some guys back healthy and 100% this week um, Massey Peabody right now has this game at about a two touchdown spread that sounds about right to me I just think they just think that Oklahoma's going to go off. And like you say, Trey, Oklahoma's defense is improved enough. They've got, you know, some freshmen stepping up. So give me Oklahoma. Not surprised you went with them. All right. Well, that seemed like an insult, but I don't, I don't see it as that. <laughs> um, I mean, you love OU. Do I? Well, their offense, you're pretty well, who high wouldn't? on them always. Well, who isn't? But. You like to just be like, wow, oh my God, they're so good. Yeah, and they've got two straight Heismans. So yeah, fair enough. maybe a third coming up. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Alabama minus 17, another team who I think has a good offense. Ryan, you got a problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They're playing at Texas A&M. Trey, what do you see here? So A&M, they were down 28-3 to at home to Auburn a few weeks back before they kind of made it respectable at the end and... I, I know 17 is a lot of points, but I just think the Tide are gonna be, is going to be able to score whenever they want. And um, I know they've had a brutal schedule, but they're just not maybe as quite as good as I thought they would be. Uh, Mond has maybe even regressed or, or kind of plateaued. So I got to take Bama. Yeah, it does seem like a small spread, but I don't know. I see a, kind of a repeat of last year where the game is never really in doubt. Alabama dominates. Ryan, I like their offense. I hope that's okay. But I think Kellen Mond, I think Kellen Mond's been kind of getting a bad rap this year. Like, yeah, he struggled in that Clemson game, but I think overall he's been maybe about as good as last year. Yeah. And I think he'll get the backdoor cover. He did it against Clemson earlier this year. He did it, I think, last year in this game against Alabama. And Alabama's defense has been, you know, kind of leaky in that second half against some of their opponents. So, uh, yeah, give me, give me A&M with the points. Uh, I agree more with Trey here. I, I think before this season, we all kind of thought A&M was going to be a little bit down, going to be a little bit of a year two stumble. Not like crazy, but they were going to be kind of young, especially on defense. Uh, then they kind of perked up at the beginning of the year. And uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really falling in love with them at this point, kind of like Trey is. So I'm going to take Bama, especially after what we saw last out of A&M. They what, barely beat Arkansas. That's not a good look. So I think Alabama is going to cruise. All right, moving on to Michigan State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored 10. And I think this is a, a really good matchup for Michigan State. Of course, last week they started out well, Ryan, like you mentioned, against Ohio State. But when you've got, you know, the the threat of Justin Fields as a runner, 
plus J.K. Dobbins, plus a really great passing game. It was just it's just too much for really any defense. But Wisconsin, really, the only thing you're super afraid of is Jonathan Taylor. And I think Michigan State, that plays right in their hands. I think they can shut him down, which is maybe like less than 125 yards in the case of Jonathan Taylor. And so it kind of depends on if Jack Cohn can play like he did against Michigan, uh, where he, he played very well, or if he struggles like he did against Northwestern. I'll say against this Michigan State defense, he struggles, and I will um, take Michigan State to lose close but cover and make that my lock. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Mike. It's just way better matchup here for Sparty. They'll look more like the the Sparty defense that we know. They're built for this type of game. Kenny Willickis and Joe Bocci are just tailor-made for a Big Ten grind it game like this. Not They're not going to get out-athleted like the Buckeyes kind of did to them, so... I agree with you. Um, I'm going to take Sparty here plus uh, plus all those points. Yeah, I guess I'll be contrarian. It, Ten points does seem like a lot for Wisconsin to be favored, especially since like they they struggled against Northwestern at home a couple weeks ago. But you know, this is a good time to get Sparty. They just they had a tough physical game, gave up a ton of yards to Ohio State. So, and and besides, you guys haven't really touched on the fact that Wisconsin has a really good defense and Michigan State, we know, doesn't have the greatest offense. So I don't think <laughs> yeah. I don't think Michigan State's going to really be able to score that much. So I think Jonathan Taylor will score, you know, once or twice, just enough to to get the cover. So I'll take Wisconsin. Yeah, that's a good point. Wisconsin is not going to have to score very much to. No, they might just be like 14 points, but yeah, yeah, honestly, we'll see. Uh, They've got okay. three shutouts. They have. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, let's move on to USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored 11. Ryan, you taking USC? You better be. Sorry, Mike. Oh, sorry, buddy. Wow. I your buddy. am going with Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, the two games USC has lost this year, they were both on the road and this one's on the road. And Notre Dame's going to be definitely the best team that USC has played. Ian Book seems to kind of be rounding into form, playing really well. And that defense... Yeah, I think it's going to make the life difficult for um, whoever's playing quarterback for USC. It looks like Slovis, right? It should be. I mean, he hasn't been cleared yet, but that's sort of the expectation. Yeah, it's kind of what I was reading. So it's going to be a tough sled. And Notre Dame is really good at rushing the passer. So I think USC is going to have their hands full here. I like uh, I like Notre Dame to cover. I'm going to take USC um, because, I mean, if, if Keaton Slovis is playing – I really like this USC team. I think he unlocks those receivers. And I actually think USC's offense is better than than Notre Dame's offense because Ian Book has been pretty underwhelming this year. I mean, he's had some good games against the bad teams, but in, in the big games, he he hasn't been good. And I know Notre Dame fans are, are not very happy with him this season. Uh, but obviously, defensively, Notre Dame is much, much better, even though USC is getting Talanoa Hufunga back, or they should be. So that, that'll help a lot at safety. But um, but yeah, Notre Dame to win, USC to cover. Yeah, I'm going SC. I Notre Dame kind of struggled to put away Virginia, and I was encouraged by SC's loss at Washington. I know they lost by 14, but with their third string quarterback, they had a red, uh, what, one or, I know one for sure red zone turnover, maybe two, and then they gave up that one long touchdown run. So I think they can keep it close and, and cover this one. All right. Cemented as the favorite brother there. Thank you, Trey. <laughs> yeah, I knew that was coming. Penn State minus four and a half at Iowa under the lights in Kinnick Stadium. Always tough. Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, everyone has the, the Iowa offense against Michigan kind of burned in their heads now. But I give a lot of credit to Michigan's defense there. And, you know, 
Ryan, you touched on it earlier. No one's really talking about Penn State. What they are talking about, though, is that they've just been blowing everyone out. And but they haven't faced a team like Iowa, particularly their their defense. So I actually think Iowa's going to rebound and at least cover in this one. Yeah, I like Iowa to. I kind of already mentioned it. I like Iowa to win this one straight up. It's a tough environment to play in. Kinnick Stadium is going to be rocking for this. Plus, I mean, I know Iowa looked really really bad last week, but they were all still almost won that game on the road at Michigan. So I. I have confidence in them to turn it around. I don't think Penn State's going to sack. Uh, um, wow, I'm blanking. Stanley. Stanley. I'm blanking on quarterback <laughs> Trey, names. why you got to be so nice to you? You're always giving oh, yeah. them these names. Ah, oh, you're right. I always I, bail them out. Yep. Nathan Stanley, I don't think he's going to get sacked eight times. They'll come up with a few other plays. So yeah, I think the Hawkeyes are going to get it done. Yeah, I can see how you forgot Stanley's name. He's kind of a new face in the college football world. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but no, I, I agree with you guys. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think the over-under is 44 and a half. It's going to be a oh, low-scoring wow. game. Two great defenses. Um, I think it'll tell us a lot about Sean Clifford. I think we're still kind of... Just this Penn State team, we, we don't know quite what they are. Um, obviously, that Pitt game looked bad at the time, but eh, Pitt's... You know, Buffalo for a half. Yeah, Buffalo for a half. But, but overall... The Maryland game was great. <laughs> It was. Yeah, it was. So Maryland is so weird. I know, but still, they are. They're they're a confusing team. Anyway, we're getting off track here, guys. But the point is, we'll we'll learn something here. I think a low scoring game. I, I got to take the points though with with Iowa, Florida at LSU. This is where game day is going to be, but it's a thirteen and a half point spread. So hopefully it's close, but the odds makers don't think so. Um, but either way, I'm excited for this game because we finally get to see Joe Burrow against a really good defense. We talked about earlier, Florida just got some guys back from injury defensively and played a great game, made Bo Nix look terrible. Um, but I don't know. I just think this LSU offense with all those weapons at receiver, they might be getting Terrace Marshall Jr. back healthy at receiver. They they just kind of seem unstoppable right now. Joe Burrow is balling out. And uh, I don't know why I just said balling out. That, that was out Man. of character. Wow. Where yeah. are you? Sorry to the listeners for that one. It's like Ryan when he said skirt earlier. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, but... The question is if Florida can keep up, and I'm going to say no. I think LSU's defense might have turned a corner last week against Utah State. They were they dominated a really good quarterback in Jordan Love. They got a couple guys back from injury. So, LSU. I'm I'm going to take the points. I just think it's a little bit, little too many points there. I going against Burrow and LSU though. That's terrifying. They've been a, a scoring machine, a juggernaut, but. The Gators do have the best defense they'll have faced, and I'm going to trust them. I don't, you know, I don't think Trask and and Dan Mullen are going to go in and and win in Death Valley, but I think they'll cover. Yeah, I I agree with Trey here. That's a lot of points to give up against a really good defensive team, and Dan Mullen's going to do something to scheme it out and keep them in this one, kind of like Trey was alluding to. So I'm taking the Gators with uh, that with all that talent they have on D. All right, let's move on to the honorable mentions. Go ahead, Trey. All right. The first game is App State at Louisiana on Wednesday. Louisiana is currently favored one and a half, and this is the game of the year in the Sun Belt. You got a good coaching match- matchup in Eli Drinkowitz and Billy Napier. Zach Thomas and App State, they're trying to stay unbeaten and keep a potential New Year's Six uh, bid alive, but I'm actually going to take Louisiana. App State has actually been giving up over 400 yards a game Trey Ragus of Louisiana, he's averaged almost 10 yards per carry, and I think he'll get Louisiana the win here. Lafayette? No. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd say that. Yeah, Louisiana's offensive line has been dominant. 
Next, we got Virginia at Miami. This one's on Friday night. Miami's currently a one and a half point favorite. Before the season, I was so pumped for this game, but now Miami's sitting at two and three and zero and two in the ACC. But I actually like Miami here. They went to Nikosi Perry, and he almost led them back, as I was talking about earlier. I think they're going to ride his hot hand. And, you know, Virginia, they lost to the Irish, but before that, they struggled with Florida State and Old Dominion. So I think Miami gets a bounce-back win. Next, on Friday night as well, we got Colorado at Oregon. Oregon's currently favored 20 and a half. It's a lot of points, but I'm going to give them with the Ducks. And like we've talked about, I'm really curious to see their offense because they've been fairly pedestrian, but the Buffs give up over 400 yards a game. They give up a ton of points. So if they can't move it on them, I'll, I'll start to be really concerned. But I'm also confident because their their defense is good and they should slow down Steven Montez. Next, I got Florida State at Clemson. Big name matchup, but Clemson's actually favored 27. And I, I really wanted to take Clemson because I think they're really going to bounce back after that North Carolina game, but I just think this is too many points. Uh, I liked what Florida State did uh, with Hornybrook. Their offense seemed to kind of maybe be a little more stable uh, when they when they crushed them, but it's a taller task against Venables, Clemson, D. So I think Clemson's, quote-unquote, struggling mini offensive funk. Uh, they'll come out of that, but I don't think they score enough to cover. And by the way, James Blackman is going to get the start in this one, but... Uh, Taggart said they'll both play. So, All right, next one. Michigan is favored 21 at Illinois. Michigan's defense is going to shut down Illinois, regardless if ex-Michigan quarterback Brandon Peters can go. Reggie Corbin is good, but I think Michigan will be able to slow him down. And Illinois' defense, they make offenses look really good, so I'm not going to be concerned with the Michigan offense this week. So I'm going to take Michigan. I'm actually going to give all the points and make them my lock. Yeah, Michigan destroys bad teams. Yep. Okay, my first game, South Carolina at Georgia. Georgia's favored 24-and-a-half. And Ryan Holinsky has been playing like a freshman the last couple games, and I don't see that changing at Georgia. I also don't see them running the ball all that well against a Georgia defense that's eighth in the country, allowing 2.7 yards per carry. So I will take Georgia to win easy. Uh, next one, Washington State at Arizona State. Arizona State's favored 2-and-a-half. These two teams are polar opposites. Wazoo, 7th in SP Plus offense, 84th in defense. Arizona State, 86th in SP Plus offense, 13th in defense. Hope those numbers... Ryan, you looked a little confused there. Do you got those numbers? Uh, (laughs) Math is hard. Yeah, okay. Well, hopefully the listeners got it. But I'm a little bit skeptical of Arizona State because the offenses they've played have been just terrible. So we'll see against a a real offense in Wazoo if they they can hold up. I'm going to take Wazoo plus two and a half, but I can't wait to see who Mike Leach points the finger at if they end up losing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I just chuckled at my own joke. Texas Tech it wasn't really a joke. It was just kind of a statement. Yeah. At Baylor. Baylor's favorite nine and a half. And I really like the way they're playing right now. Um, we knew Charlie Brewer, Ryan especially knew that the offense would be solid, but their defense has been, I think, better than anyone thought this year. Their edge rushers, James Lynch and James Lockhart have been really productive, so I will take the Bears. Finally, Louisville at Wake Forest. Jamie Newman is favored by seven. Hard to bet against the fourth bro, but Wake's played in a few close games this year, and I think Louisville has the weapons to keep up on offense with them. Their receiving core is really deep. Javion Hawkins has been really explosive at running back. so crazy good. I will take Louisville with the points. All right. I like it, Mike. 
All right, I'm going to start off here with uh, Iowa State, their favorite 10.5 uh, at West Virginia. I like the clones here. Brock Purdy uh, seems to be rounding into form. Had a great game last week, uh, and that defense is still very, very good. I don't think West Virginia is going to be able to handle it. So give me the Cyclones. By the way, interesting there that they're favored about the same amount Texas was last week. So Good point. Yeah, but Iowa State probably has a better defense. and Yeah. Okay, uh, next one. We got uh, Nebraska at Minnesota. The Gophers are favored about... I'm going to say eight because it's going to help my pick here. Some places have seven and a half. <laughs> All right. Uh, you could have just, just said eight and not told us yeah, that. Yeah, I know. But, you know, just being honest with you guys. Okay. So, yeah, we don't really know the status of uh, Nebraska's top offensive players. Martinez is hurt, hurt his knee last game. We don't know. J.D. Spielman, top wide receiver. It's looking, I think it looks a little doubtful maybe for Martinez. Spielman's a little less, a little more questionable. Who knows? But, Either way, I still think the Huskers will cover Minnesota. They haven't been a great running team this year. They ran last week, well, against Illinois, but so does everybody. Other than that game, not great, and they've played in a lot of close games. I think Nebraska's defense is, is good enough, stout enough to uh, stop in the run that they'll uh, keep this one entertaining. So I think uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Huskers, and I'm actually going to make them my lock. Whoa! All right. Yep, they're keep it interesting. Um, then we got Utah, their favorite 14 at the Beavers. Beavers are an improved team. Jake Luton and Isaiah Hodgins uh, are pretty good, pretty good duo at QB and wide receiver. But I don't think they can compete uh, with the line play uh, of Utah. The, the youth are going to dominate on, on both sides there. So I like Utah. Uh, then we got my last game, Hawaii at Boise. Boise's favored of 12.5. Hawaii's had a couple weeks to get ready for this one, but I don't think it's going to matter. Cole McDonald throws too many interceptions to, to keep this one close. He's got nine already this year through five games and he was benched for a little while too so i like boise on the blue turf to to win big and finally i got u-dub their favorite nine and a half uh at arizona uh, we kind of talked about it this uh, earlier but it's hard to get a read on u-dub uh and arizona actually for that matter they're that hard to believe four and one after how poorly they looked uh, at it at hawaii in that week zero game but I'm gonna go ahead and take the uh, the the home underdog here. I'm gonna say Arizona covers that spread. All right. So you were just lying when you said Hawaii Boise State was your last game, Ryan. Yeah, he he. Oh, he, I did. He threw an audible at us. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. You just well, made the whole. You just really represents poorly on the whole podcast. You made us all look like idiots. Well, you know what? We usually do four of these, and then. Yeah. Well, there were more games this week, Ryan. Okay, there were better games. It's a good week. Fair. It was at least it was a good week until you ruined the podcast there. But <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Um, as if someone's first time listening, they're gonna be like, "Wow, that Michael guy's a real dick," <laughs> <laughs> and that Ryan guy doesn't know anything. Maybe longtime listeners think that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to the questionable finish. All right, this is inspired by a question on Reddit. Which game this weekend would be the most entertaining if it were a fight between actual versions of the team's nicknames? Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say San Diego State versus Wyoming. So you got the uh, the Aztecs or you know Indians versus the Cowboys. Cowboys versus Indians. All right. Yeah, that one works. What about you, Trey? Uh, San Jose State. They're the Spartans. They're playing the Nevada Wolf Pack. So a Spartan against a Wolf. I, it'd be a, a, an interesting battle just meeting, seeing them meet face-to-face. 
All right, I'm going with uh, the big game, LSU, Florida. I'm going Gators against Tigers. And I was actually just watching a documentary about alligators, and it kind of seems like they suck at hunting. They're not that, they, they can go over a year without eating. So I think we're going to need like three or four gators against one tiger, but I'd pay to see that. Wow. Okay. Actually, I wouldn't because I that documentary made me really sad whenever an animal died. Yeah, yeah. I would not. I hate seeing that stuff. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, but that's just that's life, Ryan. You yeah, gotta, in movies, you gotta... like I'd rather watch a human die in a movie. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> like a pet dog yeah, or something. I see what you mean. I yeah. do. I uh, okay, we talked about undefeated teams, but there are also three winless teams still: Akron, New Mexico State, and Rice. Which will be the first to get a win? Okay, I'll lead us off. I'm actually going to go Rice. They, You guys probably think something similar. But next week, on the 19th, they play Texas-San Antonio. And that should be a dogfight. I, I think Rice can pull that one out. They've been competitive with some good teams, but I think that'll be their first win. I completely agree with you, Trey. To name those teams, they lost by 7 at Army, by 8 to Baylor, and they lost in overtime against Louisiana Tech. So, some yeah, really I don't good think teams they're... There. What's that? Some really good teams there. Well, yeah, Baylor for sure. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, I agree with Trey. I agree too, guys. It's uh, that was kind of the easy, the easy choice. But if they, you know, but if they don't, if they don't beat UTSA though, New Mexico State gets Incarnate Word on November sixteenth. So Rice better true, better jump to the table first. All right, let's move on to our last question of the episode. Actually, our last question. Wow, it is. Uh, our upset special got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. And I'm going to take Hawaii to win outright at Boise state. Their wins against Arizona and Oregon state are actually looking a little better now than they even did at the, the beginning of the season. They're four and one coming off a bye. Why not? And they just crushed Nevada, right? Last game. Like they did. Yeah, they did what Oregon did to Nevada. Crazy. Yeah, true. Um, all right. I'm going to go with uh, a Louisville here. They're getting seven at wake forest. Even Deacons have been very lucky to, to get to 5-0 and at this point. They've been playing with fire quite a few close games. So I think this one will come down to the wire again, and uh, I think Louisville can pull it out. Okay, I'm also going to take another seven-point spread in Houston. They're playing Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati obviously coming off their big win against UCF. Now they got to travel to Houston, and, and can, people are kind of writing Houston off. But last week... They dominated Mason Fine in North Texas as a touchdown underdog, so I'll say they uh, they get Cincinnati at a good time. All right, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Good luck to everyone this weekend in the Pick'em Pool, which I am in first place in. Thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> Michael's killing it. This could be the last week I get to say that, though. There's a lot of people hot on my tail. So um, anyway, enjoy week seven. It's a great week of football. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.